Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Electric Leftovers. How you doing? Hope you had a great day. I always hope you had a great day. You better have had a great day or I'm going to be very upset. And you wouldn't like me when I'm upset. What's going on today? Well, I hope you had a good long weekend. Those of you who got to enjoy the Labor Day weekend. Uh, mine was pretty good. Yes, indeed. Over at the website, by the way, in the last week or so, we've got some... New Super Mario RPG from Coolio, and more coming up very soon. We have the conclusion, the finale of Adventure Island 4 from yours truly, the conclusion of Metroid 2, the uh, AM2R release, some more Saga Frontier 2, and the entirety of my monthly for the month, Dead Moon. Uh, Jade and Scarlet bring us some more Wild Arms, and Jade brings us some more Final Fantasy. This is a busy week for me. I want to take a second and talk about Dead Moon because Dead Moon is actually kind of setting the new system that I'm going to be using for doing my uploads. Uh, if I've got a short game, we're like, like 12, 15 episodes at the most, <clears throat> what I'm going to be doing is I'm just going to upload the entire thing, but I'm only going to make it available completely at the website. So, uh... Dead Moon is six videos long, so you can watch the whole Dead Moon Let's Play at the website right now. If you're using YouTube, you can only get to the first episode as of this moment. Uh, the second one will be going public tomorrow, and that's just how I'm going to be doing shorter games from now on. Um, so, yeah, be ready for that. Uh, longer games, you know, Burning Heroes is still being worked on. That's going to go up this week sometime. Um, longer games like that, Saga Frontier is a good example. Those are going to be done a few episodes a week, like we've been doing two or three probably at a time, um, maybe once or twice a week, maybe every Friday. I don't really know. I haven't figured that one out just yet. But longer games you'll still be able to get at YouTube uh, as soon as they become available. Meanwhile... Shorter games, if you want to watch the complete game, you're going to have to go to the website for that right away. Also, over in the forums, uh, we've got some more Zelda 2 stream from myself. Uh, the Megas, Megas, Mega Man rock opera stuff. Some things from Jade. Pretty interesting little things. A horribly long stream. Uh, we're talking four hours that Randy and I did where we played some uh, PlayStation 2 games like the Magic Pen Gel and um, Lego Star Wars, that is over there. Uh, we also played some Trivial Pursuit and talked about movies and stuff. And also new soundtracks as per usual. The Final Fantasy stuff is all done and put away. FTL, Faster Than Light, was the last soundtrack to go up as of the time of this recording. And I'm working on putting together for Ye Olde website, Ye Olde Shoppy, the low bias shoppy, uh, you're going to be able to find a link to that at the website hopefully pretty soon. I'm working on getting a couple other things added right now. Um, T-shirts, cups, stickers, things like that we're going to have. So if you're into any of that kind of stuff, you're going to be able to get some. The price is a little higher than um, 
some of the products we've kind of looked at doing in the past and the selection isn't quite as big. Uh, but the shop that I was using for a lot of this stuff really, really has dropped the ball on both quality of the product and, and their shipping quality as well. So had to uh, cut them loose and moved on to somebody else. But you can, if you'd like to look, you can visit teespring.com slash stores slash low bias shoppy, all one word, and shop A is spelled S-H-O-P-P-E. So teespring.com slash stores slash L-O-W-B-I-A-S-S-H-O-P-P-E. Once I get it all set up, it will be available via link at the website. And um, right now you've got just your basic low bias gaming shirt and an electric leftover shirt. And here's what I'm going to do. I don't even know how much money the site is going to make off of these things. But for every low bias gaming shirt that is sold, I am going to donate a portion of the proceeds to that to the victims of the flooding in Louisiana. And that is going to be an ongoing thing. That is never going to go away. Because um, as long as we have an Army Corps of Engineers, the flooding in Louisiana is never going to go away. So, anyway, I'm going to have a drink of coffee. You should listen to some music. And then we're going to go to the archives.
And what an archive we have this week. Oh boy, Cat Girl without Salad. It's a shoot-em-up combined with genres like puzzle, sports, arcade, platformer, rhythm, and RPG. This game started as an April Fool's joke from 2013 that eventually saw a release in 2016. And I picked this up. This was part of my Humble Monthly, and I decided to give it a try because I like me some shooters. If you're watching Dead Moon, you know, that's a shooter. Uh, this was incredibly fun. There's not a lot of commentary because there's so much talking in the game, so I just come and say, hey, thanks for checking out my video. Let's play a game. And then the game takes care of everything from there. Um... It's very fun. It is very worth the play. If you would like to check it out and kind of see what you're getting into first, you know, how does a shooter combine arcade platformer rhythm, RPG puzzle and sports games? Watch a little bit of it first and then and then you get the idea. Only 3 episodes, it's only 3 stages long. I'm really hoping for another game uh, from the Cat Girl series. That would be a lot of fun, I think, and I would gladly pay some more money for it. Check it out. Pretty short, easy, great soundtrack too, by the way.
I always get a little tiny bit upset when I start flipping through, um, or flipping through, flipping through the internet. When I start typing in news of the weird and it tries to autofill it to Fox News for some reason, makes me a little sad. Our leading story, by the way, of the news, outstanding in their fields, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not talking about farmers. The recently concluded Olympics included a few of the more obscure athletic endeavors, such as dressage for horses and the steeplechase for humans, but U.S. colleagues compete in even less heralded sports, such as wood chopping, rock climbing, fishing, and broom ball. University of Alabama 2015 National Football Champions dominates also in the 120 school 280, excuse me, 280 school bass fishing competition, and New York's Paul Smith College's 5,000 student campus raucously cheers its championship log splitting team against seven other schools. And Ohio State whipped another football powerhouse, Nebraska, in ice based broom ball. Because that's why. And why? Because we can, that's why. That's our next topic. We now have computer or cell phone apps to, for example, Analyze the quality of one's tongue kissing, alert you when your zipper is inadvertently down, make a refrigerator also be a stereo and photo album, notify you when you need to drink more water, check the male-female ratio at local bars so if you're on the prowl you can play, plan your evening effectively, and reveal whether your partner has had someone else in bed while you were away via differential contours in the mattress. And then, in August, the creators of the new South Park virtual reality game announced that they had figured out how to release a fart smell that is crucial to game players when they put on the VR mask. How do they even do that? Wait. Okay. Why, why do we need a virtual reality South Park game? That'd be horrible. And an inexplicable, ladies and gentlemen, Pizza Hut announced in August that it had finally mastered the t technology to turn its cardboard delivery boxes into customers' workable disc jockey turntables and will make them available shortly in five stores in the United Kingdom. Each box has two record decks, record decks, excuse me, a crossfader, pitch and cue controls, and the ability to rewind. Music, stars, P-Money, and DJ Vector are featured, and the boxes will sync via Bluetooth to phones and computers. Again... Well, I mean, that is the why because we can, that's why section. So, our compelling explanations for the week. These are kind of lame, uh, believe it or not. Stephen Schultz was sued for $255,000 in Oregon City, Oregon in July after he allegedly fired on a family's house 15 gunshots and traumatized their young son inside. Schultz explained that he thought the biblical rapture just occurred and that he was the only survivor. So, that's open fire at some houses, shall we? Aman Bahita, 27, was charged with battery and lewd molestation in July after allegedly groping six women at Disney World's Typhoon Lagoon water park. Despite witnesses telling police that Bahita was positioning himself for furtive groping, Bahita claimed that his glasses were broken and he was thus not aware that women were in his path. I would imagine broken glasses is pretty easy to check on. In July, Ryan Bundy, a leader of the Mahler Federal Land Occupation Protest in Oregon in January, exercising his philosophy as a, quote, sovereign, wrote his judge that he rejects the federal court's jurisdiction over him in the upcoming trial, but that he would agree to cooperate, provided the government pays him $1 million cash. Bundy, who signs court documents, I, semicolon, Ryan C, period, comma, man, said that for that sum he would act as a defendant or as a bonus if the judge prefers as bailiff or even as a judge. 
Bundy's lawyer, not surprisingly, is Bundy. I want to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to pause the news here and tell you one of the most annoying, frustrating things for me as a responsible adult is this sovereign movement thing. People say that they are, that they are not bound by the laws of this country because they are sovereign. And they generally will say that while they are breaking a law on public ground. Now, I think the idea is they think that, well, I'm a sovereign. I mean, they, their definition of sovereign comes from George W. Bush's definition of sovereign. And if you don't remember that, let me paraphrase it for you. Well, uh, the, they're a sovereign nation because they have a they have sovereignty and that, uh, Makes them sovereign. Next question. Essentially what he had said. The idea being that they as an individual have rights that are above and beyond that of the law uh, to protect the communities from people like them. Uh, one of the best examples, if you get on YouTube and you want to look this up, look for sovereign citizen traffic stops. They're pretty great. Um... Essentially, it's it's people, you know, I don't have to because I don't want to because I'm 12. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, they're, you know, driving on a public road and they're paying taxes or maybe they're not paying taxes. That would be one of the things. If I was investigating somebody like the Bundys here, uh, who, I mean, really, they should all be in jail anyway, all the laws they broke. Uh, just normal sovereign citizen, I want to see if they're paying their taxes. I mean, if I pull them over for a speeding ticket and they tell me that, that to me, red flag. Let's check and see what other laws they might be breaking. And then, you know, go with it from there. It's ridiculous, it's stupid, it's people trying to, you know, feel better about themselves by essentially giving a big middle finger to everybody around them, but still demanding all of the services and goods that, you know, a non-sovereign citizen, it's, it's almost like they, they believe they are, um, like a diplomat, like a foreign diplomat and have diplomatic immunity from actually, you know, not being a jerk. Anyway, our ironies for the week, recurring theme, ladies and gentlemen, people with too much money had been reported over the years to have paid enormous sums for prestigious license plates usually the lowest numbered. In China, the number eight is regarded as lucky, and a man identified only as Liu obtained Shanghai province's plate 88888, for which he paid the equivalent of $149,000. Shanghai's.com reported in June that lucky Liu was forced into annoying traffic stops by police eight times the first day because officers were certain that the plate was bogus. And Greenland's first world-class tourist attraction, opening in 2020, offers visitors a stunning view of the rapidly melting ice sheets from the area's famous 250,000-year-old Jakobsavon Glacier. The United Nations protected site is promoting a tourist vista that some call Ground Zero for Climate Change, and which others hope won't be completely melted by 2020. That was my concern when I read the story. Unclear on the concept, though, we have a third-grade teacher named Tracy Rosner, filed a lawsuit against the county school board in Miami in July. Hey, Florida. 
claiming to be the victim of race and national origin discrimination after being turned down for a job that required teaching Spanish because she doesn't speak Spanish. Rosner said non-Hispanics like her are a minority among Miami school teachers and therefore that affirmative action style accommodations should have been made for her. Oh, home, hometown pride here. An Idaho man took his pregnant daughter, who was 14, and the man who raped her, 24, to Missouri last year to get marriage because of that state's lenient marriage age law, asserting that it's the rapist's duty to marry a girl he gets pregnant. The father now says he's wrong, but an Idaho judge nonetheless sentenced him to 120 days behind bards for endangering his daughter. The rapist received a 15-year sentence, and the pregnancy ended in miscarriage. As big as a disaster as that was, that is way better than that asshole swimmers thing. So many, so many great things have been said about such a, pardon my, pardon my saying so, it's not usually something I say in this podcast, such a shitty situation. Uh, a good friend, John Fugelsang, said there are things in his fridge that have been there the entire time he was in jail. I mean, did you hear about this? He's the, he's the guy, Stanford swimmer was caught assaulting an unconscious woman behind a dumpster at a party uh, found guilty of several felonies but the judge said you know we don't want to ruin this young man's life so we're only going to give him six months in prison uh, not even prison six months in county jail uh, and then they let him out in three months for good behavior now I don't I don't agree with the good behavior thing because if you if you had good behavior, you wouldn't be in there in the first place. Number one, number two, it's a felony. Do your time. I, I, the judge has not sat on a case I think since, and they're trying to get him fired, which is great. Number two, out for three months for good behavior. There are people protesting outside of his home with assault rifles and stuff, saying if he does anything like this again, he's just going to be shot on sight. Can't say I support that. I can support the fear that I hope that's put in him, because this is ridiculous. Somebody else said, if they ever saw him, they'd like to punch him in the mouth. But the problem is, they'd do more time for assaulting him than he got for raping somebody. Our entrepreneurial spirit. Moving on to a slightly, oh well, maybe not. The Tykables Baby Store for Adults opened in Mount Prospect, Illinois recently, and so far has outlasted attempts to shut it down as being allegedly inappropriate for the community. Part of the business model is selling adult diapers for medical needs, but a major clientele is adult with a fetish to be treated like helpless babies with diapers, clothing, accessories, and furniture, oversized high chairs, playpens, and cribs. Though the owner controls store access and has blocked out window views, critics are still uncomfortable explaining the store to their children. Hello, five-year-old imaginary child of mine. Hello, father. What is in that store? Uh, that is a store for adults. Oh, what's in it? Adult stuff. Oh, like what? Stop asking questions or I will beat you. Okay. I don't know. Our recurring themes, over-enthusiastic insurance fraud, ladies and gentlemen. All the things to be overly enthusiastic about. A 30-year-old woman, LTN, has so far escaped prosecution in Hanoi, Vietnam, because her insurance fraud caper already cost her a, cost her a third each of her left hand and left foot. Those are the parts police said she paid a friend the equivalent of $2,000 to chop off 
to claim a 157,000 disability policy payout, according to an August dispatch by agency France Press. And a husband who needs to believe. Police in Harstel, Alabama, arrested Sarah Shepard for soliciting a hitman to kill her husband, Richard. After police set up an undercover sting, even working with Richard to stage his fake death to convince her that the job was completed. Now Richard is trying to help Sarah. In August, he asked the judge to reduce her bail, certain that she had been entrapped. Because for one thing, she could hardly manage a grocery list, much less a murder. In the passing parade, ladies and gentlemen, a traffic officer in Guelph, Ontario, pulled over a 35-year-old motorist on July 11th, traveling 67 miles per hour, or 108 kilometers an hour, in a 45-mile-per-hour zone, at night, on a stretch with no highway lights and no headlights on his vehicle. The shop driver was given citations, and even though he pointed out that he was watching the road with a flashlight on his head, held in place by straps. We just stuck the flash out the window, and I did stupid stuff like that. 23 local government bureaucrats in Boscotrace, Italy, were disciplined in July after being caught shirking duties, including by falsifying the time clock. It was unclear whether the 23 included the two mystery workers photographed punching in for work while wearing cardboard boxes on their heads. That might draw a little suspicion, I think. Our classic from November 2012, James Davis, 73, was ordered by the town of Stevenson, Alabama, to dig up his wife's body from his front yard and rebury it in an actual cemetery. The front yard, he pleaded, is where she wanted to be, and this way he can visit her every time he walks out the door. Davis, who is challenging the order in 2012, at the Court of Appeals said he feels singled out since people in Stevenson have raised pigs in their yard and horses in the road here, and grave sites are all over the place.
This is, ladies and gentlemen, the last of the Castlevania things we're going to talk about. Up until we get to Super Castlevania, which is not going to be for quite some time. But this is the last one for quite a while. And I'm flipping through the listings here. And wow, people love this game. I was not expecting this game to be as popular as it was, especially with the um, first game of the series not being super, super loved by everybody. But it's okay. Flip it through here. I'm not seeing any names that are jumping out at me for reviewers, which you know we like to do when we can't pick a review. We like to go to a reviewer that we know and love. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go with this one. Well, I don't particularly agree with what he says in the title. Oh, this one might be fun. Somebody says, this is the Castlevania I remember. You didn't play many of the new old Castlevanias, did you? That one mentioned Symphony of the Night, so we're going to avoid that. Actually, I'm going to do this one. I like I like the title of this one. I, I think that they did the right thing here. <clears throat> a little long. The other one is quite a bit longer. We might only do one. We'll see. Nearly a carbon copy of Aria of Sorrow, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Dawn of Sorrow is another great game for the Castlevania connoisseur. Long-titled review by Cashel Triumph. The insult comedy dog. No, wait. Boy, am I glad that I finally got a DS. What better way to start my DSing... That means something different if you're into audio. Then in the same way that I started my GBA-ing... That's right, with a Castlevania game. Fortunately, my experience with Circle of the Moon was in no way similar to Dawn of Sorrow. DOS for the DS is an awesome game, despite it being totally unoriginal in every way. Well, most Castlevania games are totally unoriginal in most ways. The game is a direct sequel to the GBA's Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. Those who have yet to try it, I suggest you do so now because of its sheer greatness. Dare I say that it is almost as awesome as Symphony of the Night? Dare you don't ever say Symphony of the Night is as great as people think it is because it's terrible. Anyways, I'm rambling. That was both me and the uh, reviewer saying that. As I said, Dawn of Sorrow takes place after the events of Aria of Sorrow. Soma Cruz is freed from Dracula's curse and continued to live his life peacefully. That is until a mysterious witch named Celia Fortner appeared. Interrupting a conversation between Soma and his best friend Mina, Celia summons demons to attack Soma. To surprise, Soma once again learns he is able to acquire souls of monsters and use their power. Something is clearly amiss, and Soma ventures back to the mysterious world of Castlevania. For those who have played AOS, you'll recognize all the characters in this game. Personally, I wanted to see new heroes. Soma was a cool protagonist and all, but his time is done. It's time for a new hero. Sure, the new villains and their intentions add a bit of originality and surprise to the story, but this Castlevania could have been told a bit better. Because we've never used recurring characters in Castlevania games. However, who honestly plays a Castlevania for their story? Everybody who's played Symphony of the Night, apparently. I know I don't. Gameplay is entirely different. If you have played any Castlevania, except the 3D ones, the controls will feel familiar to you, despite the game being on a new system. Soma ventures along the huge castle, exploring gardens, dungeons, labs, ruins, and underwater caverns. You can use a variety of weapons, all of which can be upgraded. You can also purchase items and maps from a shop. By hitting the A button, he can perform a special attack with his currently equipped weapon, and as you progress through the game, you'll uncover magic seals, which you have to draw with a stylus in order to proceed. It sounds tough, but after some practice, it becomes second nature. 
There are a plethora of enemies in this game, and the greatest part of Dawn of Sorrow, which was also the greatest part of Aria Sorrow, is someone's ability to gain their power, uh, which a lot of people criticized about the first game for artificially extending the length of the game. That's right, by the end of the game, Soma can acquire nearly 100 powers. There are four soul types, Bullet, Red, Guardian, Blue, Enchant, Yellow, and Automatic, Gray. Other than the automatic, you have to equip the souls manually. Bullet souls use up MP with each use, and there's a majority that is the majority of type of souls. Use them holding up and hitting the Y button. Throw a bone, shoot a fireball, send out a plant, spray a water stream, even send out a torpedo in the shape of a fish. There are tons of bullet souls randing from useless to amazing. I think he means ranging. The guardian souls are activated by holding the R button and draining MP at a certain rate, depending on how long they are activated. Again, there are plenty of possibilities. Transform into a Valkyrie, grow a tail, shoot fire mist, breathe toxic spray, and so much more. Finally, Enchant Souls require no MP and take immediate effect when equipped. They can boost your stats, allowing regeneration, or allow certain bullet souls to be more effective. Yes, the possibilities are endless for Soma as he acquires souls of monsters. Acquiring the souls is still quite challenging, however. Each enemy comes with a rarity ranking. The higher the ranking, the more luck stat you need to get the soul. Getting souls can be a very aggravating task, especially if you're a perfectionist like me who refused to move on in the castle until a certain soul is acquired. I should also mention that the majority of enemies carry items. There are tons of secret rooms uncovered. Needless to say, this is a huge game with lots to offer. However, getting 100% will take a lot of patience. However, going through 100% of the castle means viewing 100% of the castle. The look of this Castlevania is also one that should look familiar to everyone. Beautifully detailed 2D environments help complement the variety of enemies you encounter. Boss battles are especially impressive, showing off some of the most gruesome appearing enemies ever seen. Character animation is fluid and controlling Soma as he uses a variety of souls looks great. Graphically, the game does not disappoint. 2D is forever. The music is just as great, even though some of the tracks are a bit on the slow side. There are bits of voice acting in the game, such as when Soma uses a bullet soul. The other sounds are well done too. No complaints here. In fact, I really have no complaints about the game. Sure, it's unoriginal mechanics and story don't make it a groundbreaking title, but damn, it sure is a fun one. After completing the game once, you unlock new modes. You can go face up, uh, face all the bosses again or go through the stories of a variety of new characters. Obviously, you should pick this game up instead of renting it because there's so much to do. Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow may not be the most original Castlevania to date, but the formula used is worth playing a second time around. This was a great way to start off my DS library, and the same goes for anyone else looking for a title that has action, adventure, length, and style. Be on the lookout for Dawn of Sorrow, and when you're done with everything in that game, keep your eyes open for Castlevania Portrait of Ruin. Castlevania has been around for plenty of years, and like good wine, it keeps getting better with age. Reviewers rating 4. Great! Nearly a carbon copy of Aria of Sorrow, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Dawn of Sorrow is another great game for the Castlevania connoisseur. Well, I don't disagree with everything about it, but I don't agree with everything about it. Um, I mean, you you heard my, my thoughts as we went along. There are things that the game does really well. There are things that the game does not do so well. Uh, but overall, it's a pretty solid game. I wouldn't call it, you know, groundbreakingly great or flawless, but neither did he, which is good. There's, um, how many full five stars we got? This one says it's an homage to Castlevania, even though it's Castlevania. Pure 2D ecstasy. Holy water, Batman. Symphony fans do not overlook this successor to the throne. I, I get so... Symphony of the Night was not that good. 
Symphony of the Night was not the greatest thing since sliced toast. It was not the greatest thing invented to slice toast. It was a fine game, but it was not super great. Uh, Koji Igarish and his team proved that Symphony of the Night was no fluke. Almost beats the legendary Symphony of the Night. How many other Symphony of the Night? Here's another one. Soma Cruz returns to the castle in the greatest Castlevania game since Symphony of the Night. Um, Symphony of the Night is less than Dawn of Sorrow. This is that one. This game, this great game is the Symphony of the Night for the DS. Um, that's all of them. There's a lot of Symphony of the Night mentioned, though. And this just tells me that people haven't played any other Castlevania games. Really, they probably played Symphony of the Night, uh, Harmony of Dissonance, maybe, and then this one. And, you know, essentially ignoring 60-75% of the Castlevania library. And I don't like that. I mean, don't don't compare it to other games, really. I mean, that drives me nuts. Is it good, is it good on its own merits? Absolutely. microphone i moved you hello uh and goodbye welcome to the end of the show i thank you all for joining me hope you had a great time hope you enjoyed the music and the review and the news and all of that stuff hope you remember to check out everything at the website at lowbiasgaming.net where you can find all the stuff we talked about plus the uh old podcast archives at lowbiasgaming.net slash electric leftovers uh, we have that store at teespring.com slash stores 
slash lowbiasshope, S-H-O-P-P-E. Uh, again, look for that as a link on the website here before too long. And remember, any electric leftover shirt that gets purchased, uh, proceeds are going to go to help the flood victims in Louisiana. Uh, what else we got to talk about? Um, if you need anything, contact the show. Feel free. Jason at lowbiasgaming.net. Uh, hit us up on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We're all over the place there. And I think we'll go ahead and we'll see you next week. Oh, by the way, by the way, just because I feel like I need to say it again, because I listened to a lot of it over the weekend, I really want to thank our our good buddy, Akira the Don, for um, hooking me up with all the background music you hear during the segments of the show. Uh, check him out as well. Thanks very much. Have a great week. We will see you later, folks.